You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Making Waves. It's Making Waves, episode 93, and, uh, well, we have a very special set of guests tonight. We love to do the twofers, and uh, tonight's no exception, so uh, we want to welcome uh, Johnny and Renee from the Standstills. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. I'm waiting for so long to do that clap. Whole, like, two <laughs> weeks now. Do it again. <laughs> do it again. More time, dude. Fantastic. All yeah, right, no more clap. It feels like it's... Uh, it's been a while since we've done one of these where chad and i are both in the same room so uh chad hello how are you hey how you doing good, good to good. see you justin i'm so happy to be here with our, our friends in the standstills did that sound welcome veterans <laughs> veterans of ship rock very we warm welcome into, we'll get to obviously we want to talk about the new album shockwave that just came out this year the tour you guys just finished uh of your home country mm -hmm. um, nice little arena run there those aren't too bad and um first thing i'm gonna ask and johnny this is for you and i want you to do a name i, I don't even know how to do this okay so i'm looking at the item behind you on the wall okay skull with the thing and your name is johnny fox mm -hmm. any way shape or form that thin lizzie played some sort of influence in your life <clears throat> i think thin lizzie played some sort of influence in everyone's lives. Obviously, you know I'm talking about Johnny the Foxy album, and then the oh, yeah. very democratic, basically oh, yeah. what you have on the wall. And I was like, this yeah. is a setup, man. They normal Lizzie fan. <laughs> no, it's Thin Lizzie. Thin Lizzie is a phenomenal artist, and yeah. uh, I, to be honest, I didn't know about the album till a little later in life, like I don't know later teens. Uh -huh. And uh, when a friend introduced me more to Thin Lizzy, and then I, I learned about the album, I was like, "Oh, this is great!" And yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, like the album, it's it's got a great name. I think I feel connected to it. <laughs> <laughs> Bias. Anyway, it's it's funny we talk about them because it kind of correlates with how you guys and this new record and Badlands and the Devil's Porch prior. When people talk about, we talk about rock nowadays, it's always kind of broken in these genres, right? Like you're this kind of metal or that kind of rock or this way. You guys are a straight up rock band as far as I'm concerned. And it, it like Thin Lizzy and a lot of those bands. And I'm thinking today, I was listening to the new record. I'm going, you know what? And I never want to, everyone has their own sound. We all know that, but everything, there's an origin of everything. And I'm thinking the closest band I could think about you guys as far as the song structure you guys keep it nice and economic, under three minutes for the most part. It's Cheap Trick. Oh. Interesting. And I was like, man, this is like Dream Police Cheap Trick era. And I was like, I, I'm going to mention that because I think it's pretty apropos. And I don't know how you guys feel about that, but my my ears, um, for you know, lack of a better of, that's what I, I, I heard. I heard Cheap Trick 
And I'm not saying they influence you, but I just I kind of correlated. I'm you know, here. That's awesome. That. You're, a, you're the first to say that. It's a very big compliment. Like cheap trick is phenomenal. Sure, sure. But I didn't. Yeah, you, you, know, you, like, you got me twice love, today. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Never mind. Justin just, I thought he was going to say something about your, your last name being Fox and the fact that there's a, it looks like a bull. Uh, uh, or what is that behind you on your Texas wall? Longhorn. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know how that has anything to do with Fox. And then he brought up uh, Thin Lizzy. And then the uh, the fact that you brought up Cheap Trick, I didn't hear that. That's the first time that I would have, not first time. That's, that's, I would have went with like Danko Jones or something like that. You guys, I feel like that's a, that's a solid rock band for you that's just my two cents though that's cool we actually well, know that really well he's a great uh, guy so yeah, we're awesome gonna bow tie band. this uh that's a long run i went to the university of texas so um this is uh, really playing out really well in my favor today so thank you. you're winning <laughs> i'm winning <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think you sound like <laughs> i think we sound like a rock and roll band <laughs> yeah yeah Did you grow up? We, i think that we what we try to do is just like play the music that we like to play and listen to and uh obviously it's like very guitar driven rhythm driven uh it's got like certain grooves like we like to get locked into grooves i think that that's kind of the more the uh, um roots of the rock that we listen to which is kind of like blues where blues gets locked into a rhythm and it's just that's what moves you sort of so we, we add like a little bit of like uh swing sometimes like we'll swing it instead of just pound it home like but we also do have some hard-hitting numbers too and then it just depends on the song like i think that uh you know we keep it the formula pretty straight up guitar drums and on the new album bass and vocal you know we're not adding like a whole bunch of other electronica sounds or different pads and synths and stuff and uh you know we we uh i think that's just sort of the brand of rock and roll that we really enjoy you yeah. know and and if the songs that we're writing is in the, are in those veins then we just try to really embellish on those sort of elements in rock and so it's us is we're a hard rock band i guess you'd say because it's more up here in a set i feel like the states hard rock goes <coughs> borderline metal whereas up here yes. like hard rock is, is like yeah i don't know there's a hard band. line right it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. see there here is like hard rock or like, danko jones danko jones monster truck like yeah. monster that truck, sort yeah, of yeah. stuff okay what would uh what would honeymoon suite be categorized as up here, it would just be straight up classic rock, I think. All right. <laughs> uh, where are, you guys are in Ontario, right? So you're close to me in Detroit. What part of Ontario are you in? Very close. So we're, so we're Oshawa. We're just um, east of Toronto, but we're yeah. we're in Detroit all the time. A lot of our good friends are in Windsor. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool! Very cool. Um, but you originally are from the oh, like over the pond, right? Uh, United Kingdom. Am I? Correct. Uh, no, it's actually oh. London, Ontario. London, Ontario. <laughs> oh, which is also <laughs> just yeah. <close> to, <laughs> that's my Wikipedia <laughs> skim right there. And there, there's my bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love London. Yeah, yeah. My band used to play up there my, all of all of the time. So, when how long ago did you move from London to where you are at now? Like, I guess it's not that far away. Is it? Years. Uh, Two thousand eleven, eleven or twelve around there. 
Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm trying to salvage salvage all these. Oh, so what was it like moving across (laughs) (laughs) to a home? What was it like packing up a (laughs) U-Haul? You can pretend like we're from across the pond if you want. You know the Yeah. Um, well, so, okay, let's rip. I'm gonna shut up. I didn't realize that uh, those two <laughs> Detroit now were close because then you, you, the way you're talking about it, there's a, definitely a Detroit element to your sound. That kind of like that groove MC and five. swing, whether it's MC5 or Iggy or any of that kind of sound. Uh, even, even the Amboy Dukes, right? Yeah, and what I think yeah. that really is is Oshawa is a GM town, so half of our city is an auto plant. So I really yeah. think we correlate with Detroit in that sense that mm-hmm. we're auto cities. So right. I think we that share a lot, a lot of that. Of sense. Yeah. That yeah. good Midwestern yeah. sound. Yeah. That blue yeah. collar, just that rock and roll that sounds like revved rock. up cars and yeah. trucks and like mm-hmm. ripping through mud and dirt and all that stuff. Motor oil on your hands Heaven. and your boots. Yep. Heaven. Motor oil on your hands. Yeah. We, we build a Camaro. That's what Oshawa is known for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I I totally knew that, and I you just reminded me. That's so cool. So the Camaro uh, comes from your your neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. So That's I us. can never say American Muscle Car ever again. <laughs> you can. I mean, it just sure, wouldn't I'm be sure the truth. It wouldn't be the truth. <laughs> Doesn't look good in print. <laughs> you can see what I'm saying. Anyway, let's talk about the new album Shockwave. Um, just kind of, you guys, is it just a continuation of what you guys have done previously? Do you guys feel that you needed to kind of expand it, evolve it, mature it, whatever that word means in the in the in the sense of things? Or were you like, man, we're just going to keep doing what we do. We're just going to keep pressing through. We're going to keep create the. We're going to be the ACDC. We're just going to keep making that. We're going to keep that sound. Um, I I think we really set out to progress it. Yeah, um, I think it's a big departure from Badlands for us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's like when we, this is the first time we've actually added a bass player because mm-hmm. we've been a two piece for a long time. And, uh, so when we knew we had the time to put into the, to the album, we wanted to progress it, um, in a way that just like refined what we were doing more, but also kind of spoke to, um, the roots of where we both came from. Like, uh, so Renee originally from London, Ontario and like London, United Kingdom and, uh, <laughs> me from originally from Oshawa, um, the, the music scene where we were growing up was there's was a lot of like hardcore and punk and stuff. Mm-hmm. So this, this stuff, uh, like for me, there was a venue called the dungeon and that's where I used to go watch bands all the time and for renee was called the office so we wanted to we wanted to progress things and refine things a lot more add another element to uh adding the bass guitar adding that low end but also just wanted it to kind of have more edge that spoke to kind of the roots of where we started from just on our own singular pursuits before we started as a band and uh so it's it's a like we refined what we were doing before and we added more edge and heaviness to um, the tunes and just kind of really wanted to um, keep things still in the same vein of what we did before. So that it's not just kind of like, I mean, it would be, (laughs) it'd be nice if we could do the ACDC thing, but I think we would just get too um, bored of ourselves if we just kept 
and not i mean acdc is one of the greatest bands in the world and they like nobody does acdc like acdc but for us we we always have kind of a mixed bag of songs so we'll have like some bangers and then sometimes we'll go on the lighter side and and I think that that's progressively what we've shown throughout our albums. And uh, so this was just more of that, just more refined, um, spent more time on the songs, went through m many more demos than we've done in the past because we had the time to do it. And uh, and then we changed up like the way we wanted it to sound in the mixing stages. And uh, we, we went with uh, Howard Benson, who's just like, he just crushes it in that sort of vein. And uh, and he work on this album because he hasn't worked on rock like our style for a little while, I guess, like where it's just like you got the guitars, you got the bass, you got the drums and the vocals. Here you go. Sort of thing. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely for us. It's uh, a step ahead. We feel like we're very proud of it very excited to perform the songs and very excited to have been performing the songs and uh so yeah it's more of what we are but bigger and better a little louder and louder yeah the, 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 yeah the production is very muscular on it uh in comparison mm -hmm. to some a little bit of the earlier stuff let me ask you when you're when you guys are coming from a power duo situation and we've seen, you know, several acts, whether it's Local H or you guys, or they are 68 or, you know, obviously the White Stripes. Um, you obviously can lay down bass in, in the recording studios, but was this album and, and bringing in uh, Brendan as the bass player, was it like, hey, we want to make sure we make something with someone that we can do this live now. We can just basically replicate the studio stuff instead of going, hey, I wrote these bass parts. Can you do them live? Or is it yeah. just easier to keep it more organic and, and more, you know, just hey, you're already here, you know the songs because you did them in the studio with us, so we're just going to take this shit on the street we're live now. I actually think this album was all about letting people do what they do best. So we actually brought in a bass player named Chuck Daly, who oh, okay. played for the Salads from London and then a few other bands that are notorious in Canada. But And we just said, here's the tracks. Like, you do you. And when we'll just kind of let you know and guide you beyond that. But once he did himself, it was just like, this is perfect. Yeah. And then he couldn't tour with us. So we had to find somebody that, and then Brennan filled those shoes okay. of yeah. filling in those licks, but it, it became its own instrument in the sense of like, we always played the bass lines to match the guitar. Like it, the we made, we made sure it didn't stand out too much as a bass. Otherwise we'd be in trouble live. Mm -hmm. And we haven't introduced tracks into our set. So um, to bring in a bass player that could do that and then kind of make it his own too. It's just, and we did that with everybody, like our producer, Neil Sanderson, we're like, you do you, our mixer, you do you. Like people always come to us like, well, what do you really want? What's your direction? And we do this with the artists too, that do the artwork and all that kind of thing. Cause we're, we're really seeking that person out for their personality and, you know, their, character right so mm -hmm. to control that too much at the beginning i feel like kind of limits what you might get back and what you loved about them in the first place so yeah i think it's good like when when we do when we approach an album that way we still do our homework on who we're going to work with and so it's like we're when we say you do you it's like we mm -hmm. we trust we have trust and faith and in that they're looking at us and our best interest so it's like this person's not just going to do what they want to do in 
holistic approach as much as they want to just make us, they want to bring the best of us forward. If that makes sense. I think it's the best of both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, best of both. All right. But <laughs> Let's get a limo. Yeah. That's how this band works. Yeah. They mean them. Does, does, it, does, it, does it take a little bit of the pressure off them when you realize when you kind of have expanded the group and brought in on member? You, you no longer have to kind of cover like the high range, the low range of, you know. Yeah. For him, it's, especially. It, I think, though, that it was like in the past when, when like for the live stuff, uh, I developed uh, the guitar in a way so, so I was running a guitar rig and a bass rig and octave pedals and fuzz pedals and like this monster thing that just sort of developed over time. And uh, and it, it's really great and it, it brings power alive. But what we really wanted to do in exploring the bass player is we wanted a different voice in the song. So we we did do an audition. It wasn't, you know, like we had a few people um, add their lines in, their bass lines and stuff. And it, when we heard Chuck's voice come through and the way that it wasn't just he was hitting the root notes, he was bringing this other melody in. And that was something really special. And I think that uh, that's what we were, we were really looking for. You know, if you think about like there's some classic rock tunes where it's just it's just it has its own thing uh ramble on zeppelin like it's like there's so many bass lines in zeppelin music where it's just like this is if you just pay attention to the bass line alone it's like it's whole other separate song you know and i think that that's that's what that's how we wanted to progress it because otherwise we just be like what's the point you know I, yeah. i'll just keep covering all the low ends and uh and then it's just more of that but the songs were much more progressed so we wanted to progress everything at the same time and it just felt right to do it once yeah. we found the yeah it's funny the zeppelin thing is like, like you know you got you don't know what sometimes that's john paul jones or, or bonham just using his feet and that floor tom yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah so yeah 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 because sometimes um, it's the same frequency right yeah born to be wild's another great one with for bass too did you used to just use like an song. octave pedal before the bass was live or something to give it that like beef? I, I was running, so I I play baritones too. Oh, and uh, so I was running baritone like a baritone through. There was a couple different octave pedals, and uh, so sometimes it'd be like an an octave up and an octave down, and or sometimes an octave up, an octave down, and two octaves, really and rattling. then into so separate line into another into a whole other bass rig and oh, to a guitar shit. rig so there's like two separate lines yeah and uh yeah so it's it it's it was a beast <laughs> like, yeah, yeah yeah it sounds like a lot to carry in for two to, you know when you're when you're touring when there's two folks carrying in that gear that's gotta be a lot but that it was there's a ton. Setup. <laughs> yeah, yeah do, you, do you have a screenshot of that pedal board that i have to see yeah Oh, the rats! The rats! Yeah, it was extensive. Yeah, all the duct tape. Oh yeah, there was actually a lot of electrical tape because when you're gigging, it's like that. I got to keep everything in place, and uh, yeah, yeah, I don't have time to check all this stuff when I got like because I go through a lot of different tunings too. So Mm. I have like four separate guitars on stage, plus the pedal board, plus two amp rigs and stuff, and it's like take me like uh, like an hour and a half to set up and check everything so like yeah 
Yeah, you're, you're probably God sent him that extra dream. human there. It's like he's going to do that part of it. <laughs> so, um, you guys just got off this tour. We just mentioned that you guys are out in November with Three Days Grace and a Warning doing uh doing Canada. Uh, how did that how the how the shows go? Oh, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all three acts are Canadian fun. too. The, the Warning two. No, they're oh, uh, they're three sisters from Mexico. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. But the, the shows were unbelievable. They're like, mm-hmm. I feel some of the loudest crowds we've ever played to. Just felt like everybody had so much shit they wanted to get out of their system. Right, and, right. Uh, and we were just up there just kind of like trying to set it off as much as possible. And uh, so I was, it was a ton of fun. Great shows. How do you feel your sound works in an arena as opposed to a theater or club setting? Do you, or do you, do you, do you, do you think it like, is it? Uh, That's a good I'm question for her. Yeah. I just always, always curious yeah. on bands that, that came from your background and your kind of style of music. How do you, how do you feel you sound in a big room like that as opposed to like a thousand seater? It translates well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, without the tracks were a little bit different when we're opening for bands that do use tracks. Mm-hmm. So obviously they fill out the PA in a massive way that's hard mm-hmm. to compete with. But I, th- I think it's a little different up here than it is in the States. We don't have a lot of bands that are doing sonically a lot of big stuff on the PA, but the energy is the same. Like, cause like he said, the crowds were pretty intense. And I think because we were in lockdown a lot longer than you guys were. <laughs> so yeah. this is kind of the first chance people have had to go out and actually like enjoy a concert without um, mm-hmm. restrictions and stuff. So it really, was really you a free guys for just all. Got off restrictions in 2022 then. Yeah. So this will be the first summer and fall that wow, people okay. like this will be the first Christmas season that people have actually been able to get together with family, really. Oh wow. Okay. So yeah, you're I guess starting to some see pent this up shit. exactly for sure so the energy was there and everything Mm -hmm. is on on top so i think i i mean the clubs and bar setting is always a riot because it's hot and sweaty and it's a little bit different the clubs are or the arenas are cold still no matter how long the lights are on for the boards i think yeah yeah Yeah. i think that the one thing that like when we we brought in a really great mixer for the tour he works on he works really closely with a lot of big bands like theory the dead man and he's like he's he's he knows that stage and he gets what we're doing so i think that like you know sonically when when you're working with somebody who's really great who's been there and he's done that he's he knows how to bring it forwards to make it really pound and pump live and i think that with our music because we have a lot of groove and the heavy riffing I think that we see that translate further when there's more people because we we see that groove just expand more and it's like it's kind of like um I don't know how to describe it. like you know when you're like in a movie theater and the movie's different because you're watching the movie with all these people and their reaction the reaction of all these people makes you react differently yeah. That's kind of the way it happens, I think, with some of the grooves in our music and some of the heavy riffing and stuff. Like you see a lot more people moving and grooving to the certain parts, and and that's on a, on a bigger stage. We see it spread further, and in the clubs, um, it's we see it, but it's like uh, 
Um, but you can see the people at the back of the room. Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I can yeah. see them. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was the formula? Just keep their hips swinging. That'll always bring them back, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's always like the head nodding, right? Like everybody's in the groove. Yeah. And like sometimes we'll elongate those moments just to like keep the wave going. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, you know everybody's day tomorrow. Market. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely yeah. the domino effect. Everyone kind of like, is it okay to move this music? They're doing it. Yeah, we can do it too. It's like the wave in yeah. baseball. You know, yes. Yeah, so, so like arms yeah. crossed, and then the nodding, and then the yeah. arms come down, and it's like the acceptance, and then and the we, loving it. And yeah, we like to cool. we like to have fun with like certain time signatures too. Mm -hmm. That kind of like we'll have. We'll, we'll groove something out for a certain amount of time and then we might change it a little bit to throw people off a little and then bring it back in a healthy way. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, awesome. that, you know, that unhealthy way? <laughs> that's yeah. when they hate it. Oh, they, uh, okay. But yeah. the, the, in big, in the big places, it's really interesting because we'll, there's a certain, certain stuff we'll do live on certain songs that will, will elongate and it goes it gets to the point where there'll be like one held note and then it just goes to pure silence and we and we can feel everybody sort of on their toes and then when we hold that silence for a second and then we feel everybody roar back like they didn't mm -hmm. see it come it's on an arena stage that is so much it more impactful for yeah, us for sure. because when we, it feels like it's a whisper like we bring the whole room down to a whisper on purpose and then it builds right back up like crazy that's it's that's probably the the biggest difference between the big places and the smaller places i think i thought you said you're yeah, gonna hold like a note and, and and your turn on a dime was you were gonna do the intro to tom sawyer <laughs> yeah. That would sound. And then we go into Tom Sawyer. In an arena, that would sound insane. You guys hold a note, silence, and they go dun 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 dun. And everybody yeah. freaks out for a second. And then you go back to your groove, but yeah. you, know, you just got to always throw them off. You never lose with Russian Canada. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. What you described reminds me of. I'm a big fan of. First of all, that feeling. I should say the feeling of what you're doing. The idea of playing them like you're a maestro you know uh and seeing your hard work like pay off like that when you see the the room you know like transcend into the moment you're in it often reminds me when that happens um of, of comedy stand-up comedy you know the idea of a great comedian has as is mostly a great comedian is mostly leaning on timing mm -hmm. uh, you know inflection of voice all that sort of stuff when you're in a live setting but like that pacing of every word it really does hold the audience's attention. And uh, I can yeah. only, you were my, like everything you just said made me feel like I was in a stand up situation where I'm, well, I'm sitting down. But that yeah. feeling is, is very, uh, it's very prevalent. So it, I can imagine it being extremely, extremely rewarding for you guys, as a, especially as a, well, not a three piece, but as a two piece, being able to command that attention is, yeah. is quite the. Uh, Which sometimes we like yeah. to try to bring the room to a standstill. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh I see. Oh, I'm going to have to stand up. Oh, that's, that's the worst. I should go. I should go. <laughs> no, that's the greatest. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, that's, that's the meaning behind our name. Most people don't know that, but um, that's what we, we came up with our own definition. 
And that's the definition behind our name is, is like the moment in time where everything seems to stand, stop or stand still. And, uh, and then like after we came up with that name, um, it was like a couple of years later, we're like, what if people just think they're going to be bored? Like that we just stand there and do nothing. Yeah. We thought, we thought of that. Like, yeah. Damn. But uh, it wasn't until we went on, on tour with an Australian band called the lazies. They were like, this is the worst tour name of all time. It's yeah. the standstills <laughs> and the lazies. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't know what they're in for, it's just like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Well, I'm when, good. You, when, you, when it comes a time and you guys put out your greatest record, it'll be move your ass to the sounds of the standstills. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, it's funny. Like when we were getting on the stage, we like we joked that we don't really have like a hype up, like all hands in, go team type thing before we get on stage. And I don't know if you guys watched Cloud Nine. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a moment where Glenster just is hyping up the team before the store opens. He's like, "Are we Cloud One?" <laughs> so. We- we did like, are we the stance or are we three days grace? We're like, no. I'm like, are we the warning? No. Are we the runarounds? Like, no. <laughs> and we caught the bass player. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and that became our our hype going on to stage. That's but the awesome. runaround. So so let me ask you guys. We did the opposite. What, at what age did both of you decide? I want to be a musician. I want to make music and I want to play live. What age I was, were you? I was eight. So my parents are... Play? No. Well, the band, yes. I guess I got into music because of my music teacher, but also my parents are fanatic live music people. So they took me to every concert they could. And so, and I was always fixated on the drummer. Like one of the first bands I ever saw live was Collective Soul. Uh-huh. Sick. And that was when the blue album came out, like the self-titled mm-hmm. album. And it, I was just mesmerized. and like, this is amazing. And I remember I had the big headphones on because I was just a kid and I was watching the show and I just fell in love with drums and I, I just kind of pursued it. You were about the same age, maybe younger. I, as to like the thought of pursuing it, I think I was older. Like I fell in love with music when I was really young, like listening to my dad's old records and, um i have a like couple older brothers and uh my oldest or second guitar and my my folks were very musical yeah your mom his mom played piano when he was in the womb yeah she heard yeah. like if you play classical music and stuff like i i fell in love with music very young but to me, I never really thought I could pursue it. Like I, cause I, I, I was always told that you can't and that it's something that you, that you shouldn't like, it's impossible to do. And, uh, but it was my older brother who played guitar, went into a music program and got a job working for EMI out of Toronto. And, uh, so I was just like, I was seeing that you could do things in music outside of just playing like I always wanted to play and played in high school bands and stuff like that and but uh I it never really became real until I started to like take the train into Toronto and hang it with my brother and be all around that scene and kind of see like how all the ins and outs work with like artists and like 
labels and management and agents and all of that sort of stuff. And I was really getting to see uh, a really good inside view of it all. And then I think at that point it was like, oh, like you can, I can do this. It's just now that like, I kind of have more tools to understand, like there's much more to it, you know, than just making great art is, is obviously the passion and why we get into it in the first place. But I think that uh, being able to understand other aspects of it made me feel like it was really possible to get it done and be a band and, and tour and do all that sort of stuff. So for me, probably, I don't know, 18, 19, maybe. That was it's so funny. You had, a, you, you had a bird's eye view that 99% of the artists that are out now would never even know that. And I guarantee you if half of them saw a lot of things that had to be put in in order to make it, they probably would have opted out because it's too fucking hard. Oh, yeah. it's it's a full time yeah. job. I don't think people absolutely, really, but especially funny, now more than ever. Yeah, funny, you mentioned that people say you can't do music; it's impossible to do that. That's when you point to your parents' record collection and go, "Well, how did all those get made?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They were all told the same thing, right? Yeah, I had a exactly. guidance counselor. I remember tell me that he's like, "You'll you'll never make it. You'll ne you're never going to make it. You can't do it." I was like, "You haven't even heard me yet." <laughs> <It's> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's I didn't like even listen. You, you'll never make it as a librarian. You're never going to make it as an electrician. You, you never, you know what? You're never going to make it at any job, right? They're all hard. I mean, there's very few jobs that aren't like somewhat difficult. There's an element of difficulty. You suck at every job. You could suck at every job, but you know, might as well go for this one. So I didn't yeah. understand that argument. Yeah. Did you ever go back to him in, in any way, shape or form after that? <laughs> In your in your adult life, you know, like I, I got regardless of how you the feel, arena. yeah, yeah. Regardless <laughs> how you feel where you are in your career, like that's a perfect example of taking two tickets and sending them to his house. You know, did you, but did you? I know, I know, it sounds like a little like low brow, but no, I didn't. I just kind of felt like he was failing at his job and not me failing at my pursuit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Guidance counselor, shouldn't you at least listen to the music first before you? I don't know. Or, or like it says a lot about your job that you went to college for, guidance counselor. You're telling me I'm not going to make it. Well, um, you didn't make it. <laughs> well, right. you know, like the uh, the idea of that is, I had I did that same thing happen to me, but with a band teacher, and I played marching bass drum in mar in the marching band, and I sucked. But uh, later on in life, I ended up being in a band and. I brought out a marching bass drum every single night in arenas across the world. And I sent him a fucking picture of me with that <laughs> marching bass drum. He probably forgot about me, but I didn't forget about Mr. Unger. And it felt so good to be so low brow with him. So I just wanted to <laughs> yeah. see if he ever came around to you. <laughs> Anyone named That was Mr. actually Unger one thing I noticed. For? We went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a few years ago, and there was like a report card for John Lennon. And I think it was like grade one. And the teacher was like, he'll never amount to anything if he continues this way. And just like all this like really horrible negative stuff that is at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. I'd love to be that. Because well, your, your life teacher. is determined at six years old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys have uh you guys have one one or two shows this this month and then that that'll be a wrap on 2022. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then what obviously you're doing Shiprock with us. Thanks again. We appreciate that you guys are veterans now. And uh what's what's going on in 23 for you guys? What's happening? 
Uh, so with the new record, obviously tour is going to be the majority of our year. So um, it'll be mostly, mostly focused on the States, but also because the record seems to be doing really well in, in Germany, Europe, and the UK, we'll also be heading out that way as well. Mm. Which is nice because we haven't been out there since 2018. So. Isn't it funny phenomenon to the, you, a lot of bands from the States run into this too. I mean, you can use someone like the strokes as an example. It's like they just can't get any traction in their home country or maybe even Canada, us, but then they go overseas and then enemy and all those magazines hype them up and they come back and like, Oh, this is a great British band. I'm like, no, 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 no. You guys <laughs> just aren't paying attention. And that's yeah. the great thing about European audiences. They give everyone a super fair shake. And oh, it's so true. Mm-hmm. True. We played a show. I think it was Switzerland, and like there was a few people we ran into there that were just there for the night and just looked up what was happening at the venue that night, took a listen to every band, and then just bought a ticket and came out. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really happen here anymore. Like it takes a lot to convince people to leave their houses. So for mm-hmm. like for them to be such diehards about music, like what's going on in the live music scene tonight, like. That's pretty awesome. And then they obviously buy everything too from the merch table. Like they're fanatical about music. And I just think that's so magical and awesome. Plus, plus you guys are exotic. You're a Canadian band. You're from across the way from the other side of the world, as far as they're concerned. So that's that too. I mean, obviously you could probably talk to a band like the Struts and go, we can't get anything done. So we're going to go to the States and now we're going to blow up. It's true. There seems to be that really like hometown. I don't know. Yeah, there is a weird thing there. Things happen like with every artist. Yeah. Doesn't it? Like, is there... Like Detroit's think- weird, but when they, when the city, like I know here in Detroit, when the city embraces you, right, it's yeah. a whole different beast for you. But if they don't know that you exist or care, then you're just, if that feeling exists, I don't know what it's like, but I mean, Toronto, uh, well, I was going to ask you guys and anyways, and this is a perfect segue, Canada goes hard as fuck for their, like art, your guys' arts and culture scene. You gotta have like literal, like initiatives to make sure that radio stations play your music and stuff and that doesn't ex- other than you know overseas uh where you were talking about that doesn't exist here in the states so i don't know what it's like in back at home but it looks like you guys are doing really well <laughs> seeing yeah. when I look at your we're super stuff. grateful because we yeah can con is what it's called so our radio stations have to play 40 percent canadian content and then on wow. top of that, we also have a tremendous amount of funding, government funding for arts. So a lot of musicians are able to get funding for touring and showcasing internationally and that sort of thing. And I, to think that that wouldn't exist, like if I was American or living in Europe or something would be, that's hard for me to wrap my head around because we're, we're used to receiving that sort of support. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that makes it that much harder for those bands, but also Canada is essentially as wide as america but our cities are so freaking far apart that like touring is insane like we mm-hmm. like the tour we just ran i think like half of the shows we had to drive overnight just to make it to the next city in time for sound check like it's just I think that's why they kind of have to do that because if they don't support the arts up here we are all going to move to the states <laughs> you know what i mean they want us to stay yeah, yeah. here and keep the Canadian content going, but it is really hard when you can only tour, you can't tour here from like we found out apparently in November, you can't tour across Canada without going into a, an insane blizzarding snowstorm that will keep you trapped in your car for a day. So, which is ironic because yeah. every band I'm ever pay attention to, I always look at their tour calendar and they always hit Canada in the dead of winter. And I'm like, 
<laughs> some are out of yeah. Some are not good. <laughs> don't what, do what? it. I don't understand. <laughs> I did. Do the so. southern U.S. in December, oh, really? January. You're fine. Yeah. Do Canada in June, <laughs> May, whatever. But it's funny you mentioned talking about uh, you know because in the states, obviously, it's like one PD on the West Coast kind of determines the playlist for everything that scatters across the country. And that's why everything's so generic. And then they rely on like Sirius or Spotify to kind of cover the rest. And that's hard for a band. Yeah. So hard. And your label doesn't know what the hell to do with you because yeah. they're like, well, we don't even know anymore. Right. Yeah. It's those trend setting. I think, yeah. I think for us, like we, we were lucky to be a part of uh, some part of the funding when we were independent. And that's really what brought us forward. Because we were having, when we were independent and we were making music and recording it and just putting our own albums out and stuff like within the budget that we had, um, that was just to try to get more gigs and stuff. And then we were sending stuff out and trying to get some traction because I feel like it, it's a real, at least from what we've learned, it's a team effort. You know, like if we were going to try to do everything ourselves, it's just impossible. Like we need an agent, we need a manager, we need something or like at least a few of those things a record label and uh but we were hustling so hard in the beginning that we were able to apply for some funding to go into a studio and do an album and uh which ended up being from the devil's porch which is orleans so at the time we recorded that we were a hundred percent independent and that was help from the funding that made that happen and uh for us um that song was number was top five in canada for like four or five months and that was just on us doing it independently yeah we didn't have a manager or anything at the time it was pretty much so we but that's that's sort of what can happen when those support systems are in place it gave it gave us the opportunity um to really bring things put things uh forward in a big way and being able to maximize the hustle that we were putting in and showing how the reward of that with the right support that that can actually grow into something bigger but what's tricky here is that it's you know we have less of that support less record labels like less like management agents all that stuff where so it's really hard to kind of break into that little circle and uh i think that when there's funding involved it just it it sets aside the people who aren't ready to hustle as much or put all the hard work in because it's all based on that so basing on our all the numbers that we were showing like that we had independent sales and the tours that we were booking independently and all of that stuff was kind of showing like this is we're in it to you know continue to to pursue it but you know we're not we weren't born into money right yeah yeah yeah. so and we're working jobs at the same time and stuff so it was like is it if it gave us a shot and i think that uh that's that's something that we're grateful for being canadian and have being able to have something like that that can give us a shot to bring our music and our craft forward to an international audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Speaking I of international audience, I, I love the segue. Uh, you guys are back for Ship Rocked with us. And uh, it's funny, this year, I'm looking at the bill 
And there are a lot of, we have like four, five, six bands that were two pieces or the three pieces. I'm like, wow, you know, we, we've got this kind of like this little gang over here of kind of like, you know, a smaller number, like the bands with a smaller number of members. And it's, it's amazing to see that. But, uh, um, you, when you guys did it before, what'd you think? What did you think the first time you came on the ship? Have you been on a cruise before? Honestly, yeah. it was our first. It's our still our first and only cruise. Um, we had for, so for, much as fun. a band or entertainment, just like oh, hey, we're going to go on vacation. Oh, well, wow, okay. like we've never yeah. vacationed on a cruise ship or anything. So mm-hmm. it was so much fun. We had a blast. Like it was so cool seeing the Shiprock family. Right, like you had yeah. your Swedes and you had like these little groups, <laughs> and they all took their like theme nights really seriously, okay. and. Like, and yeah. the thing that really surprised me is that everyone really did their research on who was playing. Yeah. Like we kind of came into the ship, like no one's going to know who we are. Like we have this one song that's trendy in Canada, but not really over the border yet. And then sure enough, everyone's coming up to us. And I was like, this is nuts. Like, I feel like, yeah. but then I realized, of course, every, they all research who's going to be on the ship. Because yep. you're literally stuck on the ship with everybody, right? So there's no escaping <laughs> that. And I, but I love that about this cruise. And I think that's the biggest appeal as a fan is that you're mm-hmm. on vacation with some of your favorite artists. But then also, yeah. usually it sells out before you even know the lineup. So it's always a surprise, too, right? So it's a really cool concept and I love it. But of course, our year was the worst weather. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember lucky number seven, but. Remind me what's going on. They just kind of all bleed together. Sometimes. Was that when the uh, boat was going like crazy? Yeah, they had, they had to close the deck for yep. like a day and the waves were coming over. So there was a lot of seasickness going on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got it? Oh, oh he man, was so was... bad. I had to drag him off the boat when we finally made land. Because I think... Oh, the, dude, I'm sorry. Here we went, it was, like, it was it only was a four-day brutal. cruise. And I think it was one stop in Costa Maya. So we're like, we're in Mexico. Like, you got to get off the boat. Like yeah. it's beautiful out. I'm like get off the boat. Yeah, uh, it was it was terrible. But it was funny because when the weather's that bad and like the boat's really like obviously going rocking back and forth. Like you're walking down the hallway and you hit a wall and the other person yeah. hits the other wall and then you hit the other wall and you're like trying to walk. Yeah, it's just it's so funny. It was funny at first. Sick from it. Yeah, and I'm just like I'm never fucking do. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that you had that. Like, yeah. We got to do this again. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a ton, it was a ton of fun, but they, yeah, they, I've never experienced anything like that. But I was also like, I don't, I wasn't ready for it. I know you can get like people have like a little patch thing, like mm-hmm. just in case yeah. or whatever, and like, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna get ready. Just in case. I'm shocked because he fishes and he's used to being on the water in a boat. Oh, yeah. I'm like shocked that emotion like that. It's a totally like different thing. <laughs> I, I so, thought it would have been me that would. Yeah, it's down. like a it's like a hotel blowing in the wind, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like forty stories up, and you're like, no. so you don't notice <laughs> yeah. it until you notice it, and then it, like your equilibrium, right? That's what got me every time. Is like I got sick because I didn't realize that I was actually this you know, sideways or whatever until I got into the shower and the water wasn't hitting my yes. yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh no. So I tell everybody I'm like the shower when you get home for like yeah. a week straight, like huh? uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Well, actually you can lay you can you can lay down in your shower at home. This one you can barely <laughs> I, well, I laid down. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. 
curled yeah, I curled up in a little ball. <laughs> I shouldn't have done this tonight. It was wrong. It was wrong. But again, I I like I've been following Shiprock since, and they don't they never seem to have the weather like we had that one year. So it's just a fluke. <laughs> knock on wood. That That's we right. have a- knock on wood. Uh, no, it should it should be good. And we're going to these new the two of them are new locations, or one of them new location for us. The other one we haven't been to in a long time, and a lot of people haven't served, haven't been in Turks and Caicos, which is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think of a more tranquil place. So um Chad, you want to play walk the plank with our with our lovely guests? I do. I was just pulling up my uh my question. Uh I don't know if you're familiar if you if you've checked out any of our podcasts with any other guests in the past, but essentially all it is is that we're asking you a question. Um could have something to do with music and maybe it won't, but mostly it's existential stuff. So I'm gonna ask the same question. I'm gonna ask one question. You guys want to give me your each of your answers for it, if that if that's cool. Sure. Let's do it. So my question is somebody gives you a billboard space for free. Uh what do you put on it? Right now? Any, yeah, just in general. I mean, sure, right now. New album? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably that'd be the first little self promotion ain't bad. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Of course. <laughs> what else? I knew, yeah. Dick, what else would I put? Dick <laughs> Both of you would go with new album? Yeah. Okay. I love it. Oh my I love gosh. It. All right. I mean, I do the same thing. I, uh, now that I think about it, the question was kind of self. If I'm going to be honest, I mean, yeah, yeah, totally. I would do the same thing. I'd be like, put, I'm going to put my face on that billboard for sure. <laughs> <laughs> At least the album cover isn't our faces this time. It's oh, just- oh, you want the album artwork? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The album artwork. Okay. All right. All right. I'm still putting All right. my, my face on My question is this is to you both. If you had the powers of invisibility, what would you use them for? I don't know. Really? Powers of invisibility? What would I use for? You go anywhere undetected. Um, Unless they had a heat sensor and they could see and then you're just a ghost. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I like, I love traveling and and like seeing other parts of the world. Seems like you'd be able to do that pretty easily. So free air. Oh, wait. So you're going straight to like SpaceX and you're like, yeah, sneaking on. I'm space. But see, the, the problem with that is all the solid <laughs> matter of the spacesuit and the helmet. They can see that moving and they go, "What? What's in that? Yeah. What? Oh, oh yeah. so you have to be naked? <laughs> I mean, you don't. I well, mean, even then, you have to wear a spacesuit, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. But what you're wearing isn't also invisible. If you're naked, it doesn't matter what you're doing. So you could, if you, okay, travel, you yeah. could get onto a plane and go, okay, we see it is empty. I'm going to go sit there and hopefully just not yeah. touch the person next to me because they might freak out. Uh, I just, I try to make my way around the world as much as possible. Okay. Taste food off of other people's plates. I love <laughs> this. I love that right there. See, you're poaching. That's, I'd be a yeah. poacher. Just say you're going to do that. I'm going to poach. <laughs> I feel like I'm that's the poach. only thing you can do. The I'm going to poach. Like, I'm going to rob, I'm gonna rob a bank. Find my way. I was going to say, you could probably walk into a, a bank vault. Yeah. Detect it. Walk in, walk out. It could be more time. You could do it. I mean, granted, you'd probably just have to grab a stack of money. I wouldn't be like sorting yeah. it and putting it in a big bag because people are going to yeah. be like, what is that thing putting money into a bag? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's David it's not putting it here. in the pockets either because you're naked. You're yeah. doing all of this naked. You know so what? I just know. Like, yeah. Packing tape. Just packing tape. Just clear tape. You know what? Now, the problem now is like, I don't even like the idea of being invisible now. It's just been uh, ruined. There's too many yeah. like caveats. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, yeah. I mean, other than like, like vigilante stuff is like what what can you use it for good i mean most people be I mean, like I'll going to sneak the money into to my charity. ex's house or some shit like they, they would use it for nefarious <laughs> reasons i do it for fun i like to like, like i'm just gonna i'm gonna just hop into the zoo and hump on the monkey cage and see what they're saying about the tourists yeah let's <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> see if because animals can, do in fact right. talk to each other <laughs> that's right now i can read minds so yeah I, I, <laughs> that's part of it right yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Chad, do oh, you have any more? Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, I didn't know. If, is that both of your answers? I I was rob yeah. a bank, I guess. Oh, you would rob a bank. Okay, got we'll it. Travel the wild, the wild and west side stealing, of me, like, I and guess stealing sandwiches. Stealing yeah. sandwiches. Mine's, Mine's item. stealing sandwiches. She's well, trap points. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so we have one more question. We have one more question. Uh, oh sorry. yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every so you'll get to do the same thing that this person is doing to you right now. But the point of it is they didn't know who they were asking this question to. So they just asked a question, and then it was up to us to ask. This the is the previous guest. Yeah. So the week before, our guest, who was uh, Ronnie Winter from the band Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, this is his question for next week's guest, without knowing who that guest was going to be. Well, this fun. question is, uh, he, was an, uh, he was an interesting one, and, uh, and we had a lot of fun. And is, he has a very interesting, very fun question, too. Do you know what the difference between forward and aft is? Aft? So it would be like F-W-D and A-F-T, referring to a boat. I have no idea. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, um, that was his question. <laughs> the answer is, is uh, one side of the boat is forward when you're going with the direction you're going, right? Is that the front of the boat, Justin? And aft is the back of the boat? Yes. After. Yeah. I guess. Uh, but that was his question. So not a, not an extremely... Um, uh, we found guess, some of that PC bud, I think. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> yeah, so now you guys uh, get to do the same and ask a question to all right, I got whoever... Okay. Okay. I got a good one. If you have 10 oranges in one hand and 10 oranges in the other hand, what do you have? You have 20 oranges total. You have 10 oranges. Okay. I don't know what's the answer. You have big hands. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. All right. Great. (laughs) I want to make sure I have the answer so I can give them your answer too. 10 oranges in one hand. And 10 in the other, right? What's the answer what again? Big hands. <laughs> Jesus. Did you have you, how, 10 See, oranges? That's a big man. Man, I always thought you were going to say you have two bushels of orange. I don't know. It's God. better than that. <laughs> <laughs> answer is Very 10 man. oranges in each hand. I don't know. Yeah. That's a great question. Do you want to do, do a two-parter and ask another one too? So, um, because we can we can do we can do whatever we want we make the rules do you have any do you have a question renee you want to i think about these things you're always like this comes to these things i don't know that's the only one i've that's ever stumped me 
<laughs> Except for the one that we just tried to answer. <laughs> yeah. After. yeah. Oh, there's like a chat going on here, Jane. If you were in, if you were invisible and you had two sandwiches in front of you, plans to be in jail. What would you do? That's a great, another great question. Two invisible sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> Which one would you choose first? The one on the right or the one on the left? Hey, do you guys still have the standstills holiday shirts available on your website? We don't. No, we did it by pre-order. We did it by pre-order only. So okay, they were all All shipped out yesterday. Okay, I was just gonna do. I was gonna gonna do a little salesmanship for you guys, but you know what? I'm glad they're all gone. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No inventory is good inventory. I was just looking yeah. at their store though. They have they have weed papers, which I think I'm gonna order, and mother load rolling weed papers. I got we one gonna, question. We were gonna bring those on the ship. I just don't know if that kind of thing's allowed. Is it sure. yeah. that kosher? People smoke? I don't well, know. Their tobacco papers, right? Yeah, I mean, I think more or less they can smoke at some point in their life with your sweet <laughs> rolling papers. Uh I don't know the the rules to weed on the on the ship. Stop. I'm not that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. So I don't know the answer right and I'm going to back away now into the bush. Yeah. The question I did have before we go is motherload speaking of the papers. I I I know this is kind of last minute. It's your new single though. Eagle Eagles of Death Metal mm-hmm. are featured on it. Do you guys ha- did you have a relationship before that, or was it just this song what brought you guys together? As uh, uh, yeah, no, we uh, we spent some time in L.A. hanging out with um, Jesse and Eagles. Like it was, we had uh, history um, a couple years ago that we like when we went down there and and uh, we just became friends and we did some uh, writing and stuff when we were down there, jamming, hanging out, and just like listening to music and just like everything creative. He's a really creative guy. And, and uh, so when, when we were creating uh mother load, it just had this like vibe to it. That was just, it just reminded us of the time that we were down there, like hanging out with them and like partying and having a good time and everything. And uh, so we just asked if he was, if he wanted to be a part of it, like, it just seems so perfect, you know, like we love, stoner rock and uh and like desert stoner rock and all that sort of stuff and it's like that's so to us it's such an exciting type of music and that tune we were like that we want to write a fucking desert stoner rock like big big desert stone rock tune and that that's what motherload is and uh so when jesse just jumped at the opportunity and like brought uh josh the new guitar player on board and and uh they went to howard studio in la and we were all like zooming in at the time because we were still like in like a lockdown situation but uh so we went through like like uh, all the recording stuff together and uh the bits and pieces like they jumped on board for and um it just like yeah it was like magic it was like perfect timing for where his his schedule was and where eagle's schedule was too it's like it just sort of fit perfectly and uh which to me it's like i feel like that's for for us to have that feeling like they should be a part of this or it feels like it's right to have them be a part of this for them to be able to 
or for them to want to jump on it and then uh for it to just magically in the timelines that we were in for it to all come together yeah but it was meant just, to uh, be kind yeah of. it was like a meant to be thing for sure that's yeah, awesome that's the way awesome. it should yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. great He's such a special Thanks. individual. Like he's, yeah. We, I mean, our whole connection, we were going over to his place to meet him for the first time. And on the drive up, it's like we heard scorpions rocky like a hurricane on the radio. And then we went to change the station, and that station was playing rocky like a hurricane. <laughs> and so we stood up at his house. I was like, what's up with scorpions here? Like they're on every radio station. He's like, oh man. He's like, you need to hear 1970 Scorpions. And then like he played us like Sales of Sharon. And I was like, oh my God, how have I never heard of this? And that yeah. just like was a whirlwind of him like showing us music we've never heard of. And it was just like oh, such you got, yeah, taken by force, all that stuff with Uli John Roth. That's the stuff. Oh, it's so amazing. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe I've never heard this. This is like the greatest yeah. song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. That's an incredible that's the way it's supposed to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, a magical moment. It's funny when you like musicians, you know, the musicians and you like hit it with a song together, like from the past that like you've never heard of before, but someone shows you something and it really connects with you in a big way. And it's like, wow, what else you got? And then it just snowballs. And then like you could like time, the sun will be coming up and you're still talking about some a different song. You just like, it ends up everybody's passing their phone back and forth. Oh, no, you got to hear this or the YouTube thing, right? Everyone sits at a party like, no, you got to watch this video. You got to see this video. Like, but it was like it was one of those nights where we were up all night long and we just couldn't stop showing each other all these songs. And it was just like such a good vibe mm-hmm. between all of us. And yeah. yeah, he's such a, he's such an awesome person. Yeah. And he crushed it on the song. Like yeah, he did. I think he did an amazing job and we just shot a music video for it together. There he flew. We were playing the arena in Oshawa and he flew in to be, uh, to be a part of the video. And we just shot us performing the song live. Like, uh, on the arena stage and stuff we had all these cameramen around so we're just kind of like getting that all sort of pieced together and uh but it's going to be something special i think that uh you know with for us being influenced by bands like eagles and, and like queens of the stone age and like all these other bands that we just love like that sort of that sound um being able to um hit it off as friends like, I think that that's, that's something special because you never know, you know what I mean? And you don't want to like, we're not going to try to like butter somebody up and not be ourselves. So we always try to just be very genuine about who we are. Oh, I, I that, full like, on fell asleep at his couch. Yeah. I was like, I can't make it all night. I just yeah. fell asleep on his couch. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here now. Yeah. But uh, I think that that's really like uh, why I think that that song and uh having them be a part of it is it's also like one of those moments where you you're meeting another artist where it's like love their music so much and then being able to work on something together it just makes it that much more Justin's special. gone <laughs> uh, my, his connection just shut the bed. chad can you finish up and sign off sorry guys uh so very awesome story um in in, in perfect ma- making waves fashion i guess uh 
camaraderie in rock and roll uh, always wins in um, our hearts every single fucking. And that's what the ship is. I don't usually sign this off. Justin does a very good, very good job. So I'm so sorry, Al, who's editing this. But thanks to everybody who's listening. And you can listen to this and other episodes of Making Waves podcast in your favorite podcast streaming service. We love you. We'll see you soon. This has been Making Waves, episode 93 with the standstills. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having Thanks. us. All right. I'll let you guys go. You guys have a great day. Yeah, right. you, nice. too. you too. We'll see you, see you on the soon. show. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Awesome. All right. All Thanks, Chad. Right. Bye. Bye. Yes, welcome everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you.